First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad Good. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, let me explain. Me and the guest, we jump on. One of us has experienced something new for the first time, whether it's a movie, a book, a TV show, um, a, f- a f- item of food, really anything. And uh, we talk about it casually. That's It's really as simple as it can be. Um, a lot of this is going to be movies and TV because that's what I primarily enjoy. And uh, today's guest is my friend Mike Provine. And I've known Mike for quite a while. Um, I was trying to think of how I actually was formally introduced to you. I know it's through Bryce, but I don't remember like if we probably met at a show, I assume. Uh, yeah, it was like through uh, a murder by death, probably. Yeah, I imagine that was and was we, it. We went to see Murder by Death in Iowa City or something, and he's like, "Oh, dude, my buddy Pat's gonna be there. He loves Murder by Death." And uh, I think that's how we met at like uh, Gabe's in Iowa City. Probably yeah, Gabe's. yeah, I imagine. I figured it was it was a show of some kind. I just couldn't remember which one it was. And then we've run into each other at several shows, and you know we have yeah. similar tastes in movies and music, and you know, yeah. So how how are you doing in this uh in current environment? Uh I guess I'm okay. Like down here I'm in Quincy and like people are just kind of acting like nothing's going on. Well, at least like through the summer, like ramp uh it's ramped up on the mask wearing lately. Yeah, but same here. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, for the most part people are like, I don't want to wear a mask, you know, and, and it's like you don't want to go out cuz there's a lot of a-holes that don't want to, you know, do the right thing. But other than that, it's great. Like uh, the first part of the summer, I guess I was kind of, it was easy for me because I was in, I was in the hospital. I had like a little bit, bit of a heart condition. So I was like kind of quarantined anyway. I had like four stents put in because uh, I had like a, a uh, quote, mini heart attack, <laughs> which felt like indigestion or gas at first. So Went in the hospital, and basically that took me out for the whole month of June, and now I'm better, and I quit smoking, which kind of sucks. But other than that, now it's it's been fine. Well, that that yeah. must, I mean, that's a lot of information right I off the know, bat. Right? But, but but you know, I I obviously knew that. I wasn't sure I if I was. That hard attack. That's fine. Yeah, I wasn't going to uh, bring it up without you bringing it up first. So um, I'm glad I'm glad you're here with us. I'm glad we could record cause we've been actually talking about it before all this happened. And then, yeah. you know, uh, I just, we've been trying to work out our schedules and make this happen. So I'm glad, you know, that you're still here with us and I don't think it yeah. sucks that you quit smoking. I mean, it, it, even if it took nearly dying to get you there, uh, yeah. we want to have you I here for as long as we can. It was just the lack of exercise and bad diet is mostly, I don't know if it was even the smoking, but it didn't help. Yeah, I know my my dad years ago had some kind of um, lung issue and he was in the ICU for a while and he was a lifetime smoker and uh, just uh-huh. being in the hospital, not being able to. It's like when he got out, he didn't he was like, well, I, yeah. he was in the hospital so long. It was like when he got out, he's like, well, I might as well not start back up. So uh, it really helps. And I'm trying to like eat better and lose it to a little bit of weight. And I just look at my wife the other day. I'm like, you know, if I could smoke, I wouldn't be snacking so much. And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah are you following the uh kevin smith model like you're gonna go completely vegan and no no as a matter of fact uh, my diet sucks and i just like for example went down to st louis yesterday just to get out of town and do something and it was basically an all food based road trip like uh, we, 
had like seven places I wanted to stop and find something to eat. And we had to like whittle them down because we didn't have enough stuff to do in between the food places. Like we found this burger joint and there's like a street food joint and then had to go to Ted Drew's and get frozen custard. And, uh, my, and then my, like, all right, diet starts tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and it's just, you know, okay for like a day. And then, I'm like, all right, diet starts tomorrow. And I eat a little better and then, and then I fall off. It's terrible. Well, even even uh, just consciously doing it, you know, a little bit, that's still better than nothing. And I, yeah. I'll say my uh, quarantine diet has been pretty awful in some sense because I've been eating more, I guess, but I've been cooking at home a lot more and, le- and sort of taking yeah. that up and learning how to do like I've challenged myself on cooking and stuff. Uh, so I guess not not technically healthier because it's like I'm still making unhealthy foods myself but uh it it feels a little better because i'm making it home and not spending that money but uh yeah right. oh god we were we were real bad on, on ordering out a lot so oh yeah yeah we were probably almost eating worse yeah <laughs> well that's yeah. okay i'm like i said i'm glad you're here with us and i'm glad i could get you on oh, here thanks. for for this uh i i haven't talked to you i haven't heard your voice in quite a while obviously without any shows or anything going on it's yeah uh seeing anybody's really sort of uh far few far in between it's like i see you know obviously my my co-workers and then i see my wife and uh other than that i see a, a few friends if we meet up to go to like a drive-in movie or i met up with yeah. some friends saturday and we we uh sat out at a restaurant outside and ate but other than that yeah it's i know a lot of people who are just sort of moving on with life like it's not happening but yeah you know. There's a couple of restaurants in town where it's just like business as usual. And I'm like, it's almost scary the way they're operating. And I'm like, well, no wonder we have 20 cases a day. But I went to the movie for the first time in months the other day. And it was just me and my kid and two other people. We went to see Tenet. Yeah, I figured you were going to say that that was the one you saw. Yeah, it was just empty. Oh, my gosh. And and I'm, I'm, it was so weird sitting in the theater just because I, I don't know, I've I just felt uncomfortable the whole time. I don't know if it's like the heart thing or if I was just sitting in a weird position and not in my recliner or, or what. Plus, it's a three-hour long sit between the, yeah. the trailers and the movie. It's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it's nice to get back into a theater. Yeah, we still haven't braved that. We've been hitting up the drive-in in Davenport quite often uh-huh. and uh, made it over to Galesburg for a drive-in. But we're still a little leery because our theater for a – the first couple of weeks they were open weren't they weren't requiring masks and uh, mm-hmm. there was there were fifty percent capacity which meant someone could just be like one seat away from you like not next to you but yeah. one seat between and I don't know uh, I was waiting for something to come along to make it worth it and I know Tenant is probably the one that will but from what I'm hearing yeah. from friends that own a theater that it has an uh, because of the current cir- circumstances they're making it a mandatory eight week run in every theater minimum. So it's going to be here for a couple months. So, Oh my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just because yeah. of the limited number of, of yeah. well, uh, it didn't make a lot of money or... the first weekend. So, yeah. and that, that's why, because yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So that's <laughs> sort of a nice uh, leeway into what we're talking about today. And it's sort of funny because I always do this thing where I build up to it as if it's a reveal, but I know that the title of the podcast when they listen to it is giving it away. So um, we're talking today about Bill and Ted Face the Music. 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. 
One month ago, you played in Barso, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. You were supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! Take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing? We're stealing it from ourselves, dude. No way! How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. And so this movie was released in limited theaters and VOD August 28th. As of recording this, it would have been about a week ago. Um, so when this drops, it'll probably be uh, later September, early October. But um, yeah, this one, like I said, came out just a few weeks ago. Um, it did the sort of VOD at the same time as the theater, which is something very new, obviously, to this situation. Yeah. Um, and from what I'm reading, that was a success for them. It's like number one on iTunes and Vudu and all the different streaming services that you can use. And, uh, it didn't do great on the, in the box office, but it's very, very limited theaters. Like the closest theater playing it to us was like a two hour drive. So. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't even imagine where it's playing there. I mean, unless it's somewhere in St. Louis. Or yeah, like that. yeah, I think the only I know that they're playing it at the the Bluegrass Drive-In, which is the one we've been going to. Oh, but yeah. um, the the drive-in is a whole different thing. Like I enjoy going and watching throwback movies at the drive-in that mm -hmm. I've seen a million times, or seeing uh, even if it was just like a, a newer horror movie, I might go. But yeah. to me, going to see a movie I've been waiting for like thirty years to see, I yeah, I don't you want all to the see it. Right, I don't right. want all the distractions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And every exactly. time we've gone to the drive-in uh, since the pandemic's hit, um, it's definitely full of a lot of distractions. Uh, so yeah. I was sort of leer. I was even getting like mad when I'm watching, you know, the Goonies for the millionth time and people won't turn off their headlights or they're sitting yeah. outside their car talking loud. And I'm like, come on, you know, we all paid to be here. You don't have to be completely rude, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a whole different subject on that one. But uh, yeah, I, really. I think it was really, I don't know, it, it's sort of a bummer, but sort of, you know, good for people who don't want to go to theaters that it took 30 years for this thing to come finally come out, I guess, 29 since Bogus Journey. But um, yeah, this long of a wait. And then, you know, it finally hits and it's during a pandemic, so it can't have its yeah, no, triumphant <laughs> opening. I mean but but it might have worked out. Who knows? Maybe the streaming thing, like, uh, I don't know. It is the number one movie in the nation because of streaming, I guess. So, yeah, I and I, I know that. 
like some of the um, streaming services, I think maybe the iTunes or uh, Apple movie store, the, those kind of things are doing like a bundle pack where you get all three movies yeah. for like, for like 30 bucks or something. And uh, people are taking advantage of that. So it's cool to, that the other two movies yeah. are, are up there on the charts too. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I maybe just because I'm a big Bill and Ted fan, I was thinking, you know, this was going to be the, the big summer movie. And I had some friends who, yeah, who work at theaters and they're like, uh, this one wasn't projected to do great at the box office. So this might've yeah. been like a, a happy accident that, it, yeah, that right. it hit the streaming and, you know, so people could watch it right away. And I had some friends who were apprehensive about the like $25 or 20, I think it's 20 bucks to rent 25 bucks to buy. I did it through yeah. Amazon and paid like the 25 for the 4k version. And I didn't That's hesitate what... at all. I didn't either. I'm like Philip J price. Take my money up and take my money exactly wait to spend my money on this whereas most movies i'll try anything i can to like you know find it on a torrent or download it yeah uh, occasionally if with new movies i'll get a warning from my local service provider like yeah <laughs> like oh, this is your second warning buddy i'm like oh yeah. I better not do that for a while but i was more than happy to throw whatever money at this yeah yeah no i have problem. some some friends who definitely you know had their the the torrent version up on their uh, plex accounts and they were telling oh yeah you can just watch it on there i'm like i want this yeah. to do well it took so long to get out and yeah. you know i just even know my 25 bucks is just a, a little drop in the bucket i just don't want to contribute to you know for something like a project like this it's it's a little different for me because it's it took right. so long to come out and i just love i love the characters i love the writers and i would hate for it to come out and then just get you know completely bomb yeah. and not do well so i'm glad to see right. it's doing exactly. well Mm-hmm. plus i i follow like everybody involved in the movie like the writers like ed solomon and, and all the stars and everything so you feel like you're kind of invested in it and, and you yeah. want to see them happy and do good yeah yeah like alex winter you know he's very active on social media and he's been yeah. trying to get this damn movie made for ever since you know he could get his voice out on social media he's been trying to get yeah. this thing move forward and it's just yeah i, I couldn't uh you know, just in good faith, steal it from, from anyone. Yeah, right. It's just, yep. it's, it's, it's like, it would be uh, bogus if I did that, but <laughs> the, the story is pretty, yeah. pretty simple. It's one that they've sort of talked about ever since the even thought of a Bill and Ted three came about there. You know, we flash forward 29 years after bogus journey, um, Bill and Ted are still in wild stallions. Uh, it's just those two. Now they have, not written the song that brought the world together. They didn't fulfill the pro- the prophecy at the end of Bogus Journey. Um, Death has left the band. They're playing uh, local rec halls. They're playing awful music at um, at Deacon and Missy's wedding, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a nice nod back to the the first two movies where she's married Bill's dead yeah. dad and Ted's dad. Now uh, his little brother Deacon. Uh, it just, was funny because I was like, how are they going to write her in there? She's got to marry somebody else. Oh, wouldn't be messed up if she married Deacon. And sure enough, <laughs> the first thing like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Deacon is played by Beck Bennett, which is which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. I looked into it. A lot of people were sort of like, why didn't they bring back the, the kid that played him in uh, Excellent Adventure? But yeah. yeah, people have to realize that was 30 years ago. And most of these smaller characters probably aren't actors anymore. and 
you got to yeah. cast somebody with the comedy chops and cast somebody that can actually act because you know it's it's if they've gone 30 years without doing anything it's chances are they're not they're going to stick out like a sore thumb trying to act just yeah. and uh-huh. and it, it won't be recognizable anyways you know yeah but, but uh or uh ted's dad i thought nailed it though oh or, yeah oh, look yes. chief logan yeah people would nail that like he's sitting at the at the wedding reception and they're explaining like you know he used to be married to my dad and his face just looked like he just wanted to puke he's just like oh my god get me out of here <laughs> yeah yeah and i remember it being was, pretty sad in bogus journey when they did that scene of like how she had with married the, with the other dad yeah they're like eating on a, <laughs> eating on a <laughs> candy bar or something and they just had that look on his face like he was just drained of all life and he, Oh, and I was like, "Oh, that's sad." They nailed it this time around too. <laughs> yeah, and that was a pretty funny scene. Like, we get this—you know—they're they're playing some like high concept music with guttural singing and the yeah. theremin, and uh, you know, it's, it's supposed to be in the movie funny, like so bad it's awful. But it's actually on the soundtrack, and if you listen to the whole song, it's sort of uh-huh. sort of a sort of a groove, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't all that it's bad? Hard. And uh-huh. And from what I heard, uh, Keanu actually took like theremin lessons and Alex took uh, guttural singing lessons, which is just ridiculous because it's like 10 yeah, seconds right. of the movie. But um... Hello, friends and loved ones. Let us welcome you one and all to this most joyous of occasions. <laughs> Ted and I have known Missy in different capacities for many decades. First, she was our babysitter when we were 10. Then we both invited her to the prom when she was a senior and we were freshmen. Yes. Two years later, she married my dad, and Missy became mom. After divorcing Bill's dad, she married my dad and became my mom. Yeah. And now she's marrying Ted's little brother, Officer Deacon Logan. Yeah. Missy, Bill and I along with my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, and our daughter, Billy. And my beautiful wife, Joanna, and our daughter, Thea. All want to welcome you back with With open open arms. arms. This happy event would seem to make Deacon his own father-in-law, and Ted his own uncle. (laughs) Not to mention making my dad his own son. I also heard that Alex had gone back and taken acting lessons because he hadn't starred in a movie since like freaked or something. Uh, He hadn't, Uh it's been meant a long time where he did anything but a a small cameo or voice work. Uh, So it's nice that, you know, he took this serious and did that. And his, his dedication to this movie and to the franchise is just sort of uh, endearing just because we know that he's worked so hard and obviously Keanu did not need to do this. He's got his own, humongous resurgence right now uh and i remember yeah, for a, a long little, time a little busy yeah yeah and for a long time they were sort of saying that you know keanu's um agent was saying he would he would never ever do another bill and ted movie but from what i've read too that was just his agent basically saying like we i don't want him to revisit that not necessarily that keanu didn't want to because keanu's like yeah. known as a super sweetheart and i could see that you know it, it he probably has a hard time turning down stuff like this but it has to be just sort of fun to go back and do simple fun roles like this too yeah yeah 
Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And it, it, when I first saw him in like stills when they were making the movie, I'm like, ah, he looked kind of weird, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But you know, once you see the movie and see how it all plays out, it, it just looked like he looked fine. He looked like he looked like Ted. Yeah, I think it was because we haven't seen him without the beard. Without for so a beard. Long. Yeah, I know. And that's the first thing I was like, oh, he looks so weird without a beard. I'm like, well, you know, didn't have a beard in the other two movies either. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem if he had a beard because he's an adult now, you know, and yeah. he's still recognizable. But I also think that he is so recognizable as with the beard as like John Wick and everything else uh-huh. that it's like, yeah, maybe shave and separate, you know, and make it actually yeah. Ted. It feels more Ted. But they have a yeah. great ensemble cast in this one. I love seeing Kristen uh-huh. Shaw pop up as Kelly, as Rufus's yeah. daughter Kelly. Um, I guess his actual daughter, George Carlin's actual daughter, is named Kelly, Kelly Carlin. Yeah, yeah, and she's she she has a cameo in the movie. Um, yeah, I from I all that, and I couldn't I couldn't nail down. I saw she had a cameo, and I looked for her like a couple times. I I still haven't found her yet. Yeah, I I haven't confirmed, but I saw a few people were speculating that she was one of the. Uh, people in the future when they show up and sort of tell them they need to write they have like you know how, what is it 17 hours to write this yeah uh, music and she might be one of the like people floating in the future um, yeah and so that's sort of cool like i i really love kristen shaw she improves everything she's in um uh-huh. i absolutely love the daughters samara weaving is having a huge huge career like rest- or surge right now yeah. i guess you'd say um and so i think they probably got her right at the right time because if they probably made this movie this year she'd probably be out of the price range or too big but, yeah, right. um, her and bridget lundy Payne uh play thea and she billy he absolutely nails it she is more i think ted than ted is in this yeah she... yeah the mannerisms are perfect but not uh-huh. not not like um like just acting like him it's it's a weird thing like it's a fine balance it's, of capturing those mannerisms without mocking yeah. and playing a parody yeah, exactly it's just like little little uh ticks that the body does and like little gestures with their face and just the way she reacts to things yeah it just absolutely nails it Love and it. yeah it's funny because i remember when this was announced that they were going to be the daughters people were like oh great it's it they they're making like a woke bill and ted because at the end of bogus journey we see that they have sons but they never actually indicated that they called them little bill and ted they never indicated that they were sons and then in this movie when they meet death for the first time he's like oh if it isn't little bill and ted so they sort they they, you know they fix that little i guess you could say it could have been a plot hole but um after reading the AMA with uh, Solomon, he sort of said that originally they had written them as uh, as boys in this movie and they weren't going anywhere and it just didn't feel right. So they went back and mm-hmm. changed them to daughters and suddenly that opened it up for them. So that's cool. And obviously um, William Sadler back as death is perfect. Yeah. Uh, one of the most beloved characters. Yeah. yeah. It's it's too bad that we don't have George Carlin, but we have a nice little tribute with him as a hologram in the future. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. They uh, I love George Carlin. It was it's sad that he's not around, but yeah, they did a good job with what they had. Yeah, and they they talked about like in that same AMA um, that 
they had a scene where the guys visited themselves at the Circle K and did a scene with Rufus and their younger selves. So, uh, uh. but they they had that written, but obviously for budgetary reasons, like they they had very small budget to work with on this movie. And uh-huh. they um, just didn't. And then they sort of looked it over and decided that doing like a CGI George Carlin would be just sort of disrespectful. Yeah. And just felt and they like... did amazing with the budget they did have with the special effects. But I don't care like how good you're or how well you can execute a movie like that. Sometimes the CGI just doesn't work out the way like the end of Rogue One. If yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That. It just, uh, that was the one part of that movie I didn't like. They just didn't nail the face of Princess Leia. And I'm like, oh, it just kind of took me out of it for, for a second, right? It's a, a critical moment. And there's one other movie where that happened, and I, I can't think of what it is now. But, yeah, you got to have it absolutely perfect. It doesn't yeah. matter how well, yeah. Especially such a beloved character and, you know, a big yeah. part of that, especially the first movie, he – he had a small, much smaller role in the second movie and was sort of replaced by death. So it's, it's nice yeah. that they brought back so many people that they could and, and, you know, connected the dots and brought back people. That was just really sweet mm-hmm. and nice. And it's funny cause you do that and then people are still like, well, what about robot? Good robot, Bill and Ted. What about this character? What about that character? Yeah. And it's like, we can't fit everybody in just to everybody. Fit in. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, in the story, they, are you know they they get visited by um kelly who's basically tells them i guess i'm skipping a little bit because they they have this little sweet scene where uh ted admits that he's just tired and he he's thinking about selling his guitar and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to continue with wild stallions because they feel like they're they've hit a wall and they can't keep trying to write this next great song um we, we catch up with them because like i said at the wedding their dad's sort of like uh, you guys are losers. Like the wives, the the babes or the princesses are the only ones who have jobs. The daughters don't have yeah. jobs. Bill and Ted don't have jobs. So they're basically getting supported by their wives. And uh, we have that hilarious scene where they're seeing a marriage counselor, but they see them all to like they, the couples get together and have the marriage counselor. And oh, that that's really fucking funny. A couple too. of couples. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And Jillian Bell was a perfect uh, little cameo there. Yeah. She's hilarious. And yeah. uh, her reaction to the the princess is saying that, you know, they were born in like 1408 or something. And mm-hmm. that whole back and forth is really hilarious. I really appreciate you doing this. I know it wasn't your choice. Of course, Jill. I really want this to work for both of us. Yeah. Oh, hey. How's it going, dude? Hey, dude. Hi. Hey, Joe. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Is this the right day? Yeah, totally. So, do you understand why this situation might seem at all strange to your wives? No, not at all. Why? Well, when your wives suggested couples therapy, do you think this is what they had in mind? Well, definitely. I mean, we're a couple of couples, right? (laughs) That is true. But usually, with couples therapy, It just means one couple. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but, you know, we're here, so let's work with that. Yes? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, Ted, is there something you feel your wife needs to hear from you? Yeah, totally. We love you guys. 
Oh, that is good, dude. <laughs> In a way, yes. I mean, it is great to feel loved. But do you understand how that might sound strange to your wives? I'll shoot this at Bill. No. I mean, we love them. Oh, we love them. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay, it's the we part. Um, Ted, can you say the same thing? But instead of we, say I in the sentence. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> okay. Elizabeth? Yes. I and Bill love you and Joanna. Okay. Dude, with all due respect, I don't think you're quite getting this. Go for it, dude. Oh, I'm gonna do one. Yes, go for it, dude. <laughs> Great. Okay. <clears throat> Joanna, mm -hmm. from the very, very bottom of I and Ted's hearts, I and Ted totally love and worship you and Elizabeth. Perfect, dude. Oh, awesome, dude. Thanks. Joanna, would you or Elizabeth like to respond to that? Oh, well, would you? It's been tough for us at home. You know, it's been so hard watching you beat your heads against the wall for 25 years. And I'm not sure how much longer we can keep going on like this. What? Well, um, Bill, Ted, I'd love to spend the last part of the session with your wives. Alone? Yes, alone. Good. We'll see you at home, okay? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they, the band decides they're going to, you know, right before they're going to split up is when Kelly shows up and tells them, like, you have to come with us because the fate and all reality is in your hands now, which is even heavier than before. And mm -hmm. travel to the future, and they realize they don't have much time to write the next best song. But in true Bill and Ted fashion, they do exactly what they should do. And they think let's jump into the future, steal the song from ourselves, which yeah, that makes sense. That's probably the best yep. plan for this. <laughs> uh, and I just love visiting the different years. Uh, that was genius. So we could see, you know, all the future Bill and Ted's and in different incarnations. Yeah. Uh, and it's in a movie like this, um, that is the series has always been like really sort of, uh, I wouldn't say stoner humor, but just like dumb, funny, like, uh -huh. it's, it's not necessarily highbrow but it's it's funny like when they go to you know visit prison bill and ted and they're huge and ripped it's so over the top but it's hilarious uh-huh um but uh, i this, saw one review they called it a celebration of stupidity and i'm like yeah that, yeah that's fine well yeah it, you could turn your brain off for an hour and a half and that's yeah. all i ask for right now there's just not a lot exactly. of movies that, like that right now where they're like yeah positive and you know, not mean spirited or dark. It's, it's just a good, a feel good comedy. And it just, yeah, like I said, think about it. yeah, it's just like I was, I was thinking why, why did they automatically go to hell when they died? And, and then I saw something like that where Ed Solomon, the writer uh, was like, Oh, you know what? We, we didn't think about it until after, you know, we wrote it and we thought it was just 
we'll just go with it because it was funny. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of little things like that where, like I, I probably shouldn't have, but I jumped in like one of the Bill and Ted Facebook groups right after it was released because I wanted to see what people were saying, and um, mm-hmm. there's just so many people that will try to pick the story apart to. I don't just because they have too much time in their hands. I don't know, but it's yeah. cr- crazy because people are like, you know, well, and I, I'm going to jump all over the storyline here because we don't need to go yeah. in like linear lines and tell the whole story. If you've seen it, you know exactly. Don't what wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they there's a they go into the future and like like people are questioning, like you said, the whole hell thing. They jump into the future and visit their old selves, and that's when they get Dennis uh, to. Dennis Caleb McCoy, that's his full name, to yeah. uh, kill them so they can go to hell to save their daughters. But would that mean that their daughters had been in hell from like the time they were killed until the yeah. future old Bill and Ted? So they've been there for like, I don't know, 40 years or something crazy. I don't, you know, I, I try not to think too much about it because. Yeah, that's not just think about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and time travel, you're, you're going to start thinking about that stuff. But it's like if they brought back uh the dad you know and and he was killed there would that mean there's two uh chief logans in the the current time i don't know right uh, you know and, <laughs> and people are questioning you know why kid cuddy would get into the would time travel back when he was there in modern times like where was he going if he's leaving because <laughs> he, he's he's a modern musician he's the only modern musician right. where, where the hell's he going but the one yeah. big thing that people are speculating and I really wanted to t- ask you about and just get it right out of the way right now is Kid Cudi Station. No, I don't think so. And uh, I just thought it was like, a, well, at the end, everybody sees Station uh, at the end of Bogus Journey. Right. So they like, they uh, televise that concert. to the world. So maybe it's just like, oh, and Kid Cudi in the movie is like a, apparently some sort of genius when it comes to astrophysics and time travel so maybe he's just on the same level and he just uh, like you know that's a thing you know like they see bill and ted they're like station i don't think it was station though yeah i think a lot of people at first when i read that i was sort of stoked i'm like oh i didn't catch that that's sort of a yeah. cool concept and then uh re-watching it it definitely i felt like if that was the case it would have been a bigger moment um, yeah and then so because everybody wanted just, to... they were just kind of splitting up and he's like station and i laughed automatically just laughed out loud. and they looked at him like like i looked at him they were just like ah their faces just kind of dropped open and pointed like station yeah and it, i imagine in the second movie uh bogus journey they sort of use it as like slang as like you know hey or you know see yeah. ya or you know it's like aloha yeah. almost station is like just a, a formal or informal greeting so I imagine smurf. like I'm, we're really smurfing it up over here. It was just the term to mean right. everything. <laughs> right. And it's funny because then I had to like do a deep dive and figure out where that, where they even came up with station. And this is a funny story too, because I know this story. So, yeah. yeah. So, so from what I understand, apparently it was just, um, there was a scene that was cut out of bogus journey where they're in a police station and they, mm-hmm they forgot to delete the word station off the screenplay. And so that just be, it's still there. So it became like an inside yeah. joke. Yeah. Enter station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just like, you know, 30 years and later. Yeah. yeah. People are like online That's speculating. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
and and that was another thing that seemed like people were really um the two things people seemed to be really split on i guess were uh kid cuddy and then the daughter some people thought uh they should have picked someone else other than Cuddy. I I'm a huge Kid Cuddy fan, so I'm probably biased, but I thought he did a good job yeah. acting, and I think he's a good choice of a realistic modern hip hop artist who is well spoken and is known to be sort of elevated. Like he's smart, and he his music is more deep than most. He he doesn't rap right. about like like uh, you know uh, drugs and women all the time. Like his his rap right. is about. I don't know, something deeper. He has like an elevated sort of uh, concept to his music. So I thought he was a good choice. And and plus, he's got some comedy chops too, because I didn't even realize it when I saw him, but he's the band leader on Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, he so was for like the... And I was like, oh yeah, totally was on that. I didn't even think about it until it was pointed out to me. And I'm like, holy crap, I've seen every, every episode. But I didn't, yeah. it didn't dawn on me until I read it. And I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, because it was just for maybe a season or two, right, that he did it? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like Reggie I, Watts, and then he came in like later, maybe, yeah, like a season or two. Didn't they have like Weird Al for like we, a couple episodes? I think Weird Al was the very last like half yeah. season or season. Yeah. Uh, they had yeah. got some, it's pretty crazy to think who they had for their band leader on a show on IFC. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I yeah I just there's this movie has so many little nods to the older movies and to fans and it's it's definitely a, just a love letter for the fans and you have to yeah. do that you know as as a movie that you know a sequel that came out 29 years later but I just thought everybody just killed it I even watching it a second time maybe I'm just a person who who enjoys uh, liking movies and doesn't try to find things I don't like but I just overall just love this one. Yeah, I feel like it's a movie like, uh, well, I did it last night. I was just like, I didn't know what to watch. And I just felt like throwing it on. And I was like, like comfort food. Like, yeah. I should watch this again. And I did it again this afternoon. I just watched it for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. It's... And, and it's a very, very rewatchable movie. And the more I watch it, the more I think the more I like it. Yeah, I was I was watching it probably at like, I, I think I turned on around 2 a.m. this morning after uh, we watched a few other things and Nikki was like, you're watching this again? I'm like, well, now that, you know, I'm recording a podcast, I have an excuse to like go back and throw it on again. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I was, I was watching it while taking some notes and doing a little research on this one. And it's most of the stuff I do on this podcast are older movies that like, I can't, you know, when you're, when you're talking to a friend and they're like, oh, I've never seen that. And you go, Oh my God, you've never seen that classic. Yeah. Movie. Uh, but this one, <laughs> It's like, it's probably obviously the most modern movie I've done because it just came out. But I just wanted to talk yeah. to another fan who's actually uh, enjoyed the first few movie, first two movies, and had a mutual respect for this franchise. Because uh, a lot of my friends are just almost strictly into horror or genre stuff, and yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, I just wanted this movie came out when I was in high school. And uh, like 89, like 88, I went to high school. 89, the first one came out. And then uh, Bogus Journey came out in 91. And it's funny because like Bill and Ted were like the same characters as me and my buddy Dave. And that was, I don't know if that was an accident or just coincidence or on purpose, but we acted the same way. If you see uh, any video of me from that time, I'm I'm doing the same stupid voice and, and yeah. acting like 
a dumbass and not even thinking about what I'm saying. And the soundtrack that came up for that movie was everything that I was listening to at that time. It was yeah. perfectly on the nose for me. Like Winger and Slaughter and King's X are on that soundtrack. And that is like everything that I listened to. It just perfectly nailed the soundtrack of what I was doing at that time and how I was acting at the time. So it was like this perfect movie for me at the time. So I was really excited when this movie came out. Did you see the originals in the theater? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if I saw them a couple times in the theater, but yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never seen either of the first two, even, even as like throwback movies at the Capitol sort of hoping. And I bet if, the pandemic wasn't going on. There would have been some theater show in the first two as oh, like a sure, yeah. you know marathon type thing. But um, yeah, I've, I have an older brother who's about your age and uh, I grew up watching his movies because, you, you know, we lived in like a tiny little house with one TV and it was like, mm-hmm. whatever was on the TV, we were all watching. So, you know, I grew up with a lot of stuff that was behind like, I was I was uh not watching modern stuff, let's say. I was watching a lot of yeah. Grammys and Karate Kid and stuff that my brother loved watching and then I have an older sister too, so then it was like we watched Grease and Clueless and Can't Hardly Wait mm-hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the teen comedies and then I sort of found my own thing and you know yeah. got into the horror and genre stuff. But um this was definitely one that I loved watching. Probably more so on T V. They probably played it on like TBS and and cable mm-hmm. a lot late at night and Especially yeah. Bogus Journey, I remember, like, especially as a kid, I remember the Easter Bunny scene and uh, yeah. that stuff. It, was, it freaked me out as a kid. Um, uh-huh. so, so funny, though. And Granny S. Preston Esquire, yeah. played by Alex Winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people uh, were comment, commenting that um, old Bill looked like Grandma, and I'm like, yeah, because they're both played by Alex Winter, guys. Come on. Yeah, totally. So, Blowing people's, blowing people's mind. They were like, what? Like, how did you not? You can tell right away. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. But I, I have some useless trivia that I found on IMDb that I thought might be sort of interesting. Um, I thought Samara Weaving got the role uh, because Keanu found out that she was the niece of Hugo Weaving, you know, obviously uh, agent Smith. Agent from, Smith. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of cool. I don't, I, I imagine yeah. that it wasn't a hundred percent just because of that, but it probably helped yeah. out. And uh, I, when I, when this happened, I was like, man, I guess it makes me feel old. Cause I'm like, I guess, yeah, their kids would be that old now, like in their twenties. Yeah, I know Isn't that wild. Yeah. <laughs> And there's some funny little Easter eggs throughout the movie. Um, and I've paused it a few times and tried to find more. But in when they when they go to hell and visit death and see his, like, I guess you'd say his house or his room. Uh, yeah. You can, uh, the battle, they have a battleship game on the shelf. And then there's an open one on his desk. 
Um, I didn't even see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple, couple things that people are speculating. There's like a burn up piano and people are like, you know, that, that could be, I don't even remember what the reference was. Someone was saying it could be like John Lennon's or something, or uh-huh. there's, I guess there's a lot of mu- musical references on the wall. Obviously he has some like uh wild styling albums and stuff, but I love that, you yeah. know, it's, it's hilarious that when they visit him, it's like, you know, they have to reconcile cause he, they sued death for uh yeah like stealing the music or something. And, and it's like, so true because uh we so many old bands like break up and they sue each other and have these little petty you know fights over money and stuff and that just makes so much sense but it's it's also hilarious to think that after bogus journey they continued like touring with uh station and death and yeah and someone asked solomon in the uh reddit ama like how people in the regular world view death is it like like a member of slipknot and they just think he's wearing makeup or they actually think of him as like death like he's the grim reaper like they know and he's uh-huh. like oh he's like i like to imagine that they know who he is and that's what makes him so cool that you know <laughs> he actually is death i thought the same thing i'm like yeah they're just okay with it it's death and there's a martian in the band so yeah <laughs> Yeah, this, I mean, you can't make, you can't question too much in this world. And that's what sort of is endearing about it. And, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. They, they recast obviously the princesses for the third time. Um, they've played, they've been played by different actresses in each yeah. movie. They're the Rusty and Audrey Griswold of Exactly. Like a different character. <laughs> and yeah, that was also something that was brought up in the, the AMA was they asked him about that and he said, you know, that they would have loved to do it, but then which ones do you choose the originals or the second movie and yeah. tracking them down? And he's like, you know, we just figured it would make more sense just to recast them and, and continue the joke. So I think yeah. that was fine. It worked. But, it worked. Yeah. And in the story, the, the daughters go back and they try to assemble a band, like the perfect band, the most legendary band to write. I, I, I guess to just play the song. Cause it, you know, they weren't going to write it. So that was sort of confusing because it's like, do we need the most legendary musicians to play this music or are we just going to, I mean, you could really, if you got the music, just find competent ones, but it would not not be as (laughs) awesome if they weren't traveling through time, much like uh, excellent adventure and gathering these people. And uh, apparently they originally had um, Elvis in this lineup, decided to cut him, uh, probably for budgetary reasons and probably because they didn't want to get sued or something. I imagine, right. I imagine his estate is very careful about using that. And uh, yeah. I love that they got Hendrix and uh, they couldn't play any of his music for budgetary reasons, but they worked around that pretty well. I thought everybody yeah. did a good job. Yeah, they did. It was very Hendrix-esque. That's what I was fine. And even like the uh, the guy that uh, some of the soundtrack music they had Steve Vai do the uh, Bogus Journey soundtrack, yeah. And a lot of the guitar riffs that they did and like the intro song in the movie was very Steve Vai esque, and I liked that. It really captured the essence of Steve Vai in that second movie. They did yeah. a really good job. In the new movie, they got the guitarist from um, Animals as Leaders to do all the yeah. like, air guitar riffs, which is rad. And then yeah. when I noticed when they go to hell and they finally uh, make up with death. He does when they do the air guitar with him, there's like air bass in the mix too. 
They're actually they added they added bass to the riff, which was you know genius. But um, I they talked also about the the flute player in the band. Um, it's like Ming, I think, is the name. And Lao Lao Ling Lao Lun. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, Lao Ling, I think. And yeah. in history, that that uh, person has always been referenced as a male, but the writers wanted to change it to female because there's no actual proof of what gender that person was. Um, yeah. And so I thought it was sort of cool just to like switch it up and they were surprised. They're like, Oh, you know, she's a, she, that's cool. Yeah. And, and they, they got a generic uh, drummer sort of just from like the Neanderthal ages, but that, yeah. that drummer is actually like a huge, like live and studio drummer that's been on like a million big albums. And uh, uh-huh. she's like one of the best like studio drummers in the world. So makes sense obviously. Cause you could tell she knew how to play drums. Um, yeah. It did seem a little bit like they could have gone bigger, but uh, I also realized that they they bring they brought it up several times that they just had such little to work with as far as money and time, and yeah. they had some extra stuff written that was intended to be shot, but because uh, COVID came about, they had to really wrap it up as quick as they could and and get yeah. out of there, um, and they couldn't do any reshoots. They they also they said that uh, they were like compared it to being native americans because they use the every part of the buffalo there's no deleted right. scenes. there's no footage that they shot that did not make it to the movie and they were actually afraid the movie would be too short when they were oh, assembling it yeah and it's it's not even like an hour and a half it's like an hour and 20 minutes but um that sort of makes what makes it like easy to digest and watch it's just something that you can throw yeah. it's not over the top and too long and uh there's no fat on it which is Good and bad. Yeah, and it flows. I think it flows really well. Yeah, yeah. They they intended to have more scenes of the princesses traveling through time because we don't see any of that. um, Them going through and and uh, their old selves, you know, meeting up with their current selves and traveling. We just basically see them getting in and out of the booth. I could feel like that was something that was left out. Like I just had a sense that maybe there was more to that and we just didn't get to see it because of that. Yeah. Right. That I think that, and then the scene where they go back and see and talk to their younger selves. And then they um, also wanted to, they intended and written a scene um, where they, it was like an opening and it was a VH one, like where are they now type uh Mm-hmm. thing um, and they obviously still included a little bit of that just more of a montage not so much an actual like documentary style opening so yeah i don't think that suffered much at all yeah yeah but i the like scene- the way they did that they opened up then it was kind of like at the end of bogus journey they kind of did the same thing in reverse they just they kind of had all the newspaper and mag- magazine covers talking yeah. about their journey yeah. yeah, and and um, I had no idea, but it, I was like, once again reading that um, AMA. They talked about that, and Ed Solomon said that uh, they did that was added on after they shot the movie. Like all the the credit stuff shows the magazine covers and what happened with the band and stuff, and uh-huh. they didn't know that was happening. Like the studio did that afterwards, and they were not happy about it because. Um, it's it no one they didn't write it so it was like not their humor and two um they they never really had thought that a third movie would come about but they thought you know well this definitely closes it we can't now we're limited like to what we could ever do if we did a third movie right sort of boxed them in 
That's aggravating. Yeah. But <laughs> he was my creative control. Yeah. Uh. Yes. But I, you know, I never even thought about that. Like I just assumed that was originally part of the plan and yeah. until, until I read the AMA and I was surprised that was uh, the case. But um, I also read on there, someone said it would have been nice to have a final low key wrap up scene of Bill and Ted's families after saving the universe, like the final garage scene in excellent adventure. And Ed Solomon said that they had that written and planned. And um, obviously COVID came about. That was supposed to be something they did like in the shots afterwards when they could find time in the schedule to get everybody back together. And uh, that didn't happen. So they had a, it seems like the movie ends pretty abruptly, like boom, just happens with that concert on stage and it's over. And yeah, I do love the post credit scene, but it definitely felt like, it had a very quick and uh, yeah. sudden ending and that makes sense. And they, they said they really, really wanted to shoot that and had it written, but uh, could, just couldn't because of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool scene where they travel in the future and meet with themselves at a mansion and yeah. they have British accents and all these fancy clothes and stuff. And uh, we find out that they're actually, I'm assuming gave them a uh, Foo Fighter song. A Foo Fighter. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, and, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And Dave Grohl shows up and is a, a funny cameo. <laughs> and it, that that makes so much sense just because it's like, I mean, I I can't remember how far in the future that was, but I imagine. Five years. Three yeah, years I, after the first time they went. Okay. Yeah. So I, I imagine Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters will still be going and still be, yeah. you know, like considered <laughs> one of the biggest rock bands. So um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, there's there's a new book that came out. It's like um, just a coffee table book that has a lot of concept art and, and and collectibles and shows all kinds of stuff about the history of the the three movies. And uh, apparently, there's some concept art from that scene. And in the original, I, I don't know if it's in the screenplay or just in the concept art, but it was um, Eddie Van Halen's mansion because obviously oh they bring him up several times in that first movie. You know. Yeah. Uh, and was a big part of that first movie. But I think Dave Grohl makes more sense for now. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't see Van Halen writing the next believably writing the next big song that would could unite, yeah, but I can no. see, you know, uh, <laughs> Dave Grohl maybe writing a big, big enough song that. You oh, know, absolutely. Can... Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you do. You gotta get over that, dude. We got the song. <sighs> Dave Grohl. Who are you guys? What are you doing in my house? Oh no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You guys totally lied to us. Why haven't you taken the song back to San Dimas? Maybe because it's not our song. Poppy cock. It's Dave Grohl's. And he's outside right now calling the cops. Can't I told you Dave Grohl came back this week. Totally thought he came back next week. What were you guys even thinking? Just because you two couldn't come up with a great song, Dave Grohl did. Doesn't mean we should be punished for that. The the soundtrack to this one's a little different. They have Macedon and Lamb of God, which makes sense. Um, yeah. And in the Weezer song, obviously, I'm biased in love. Um, yeah. But there, I've listened to the soundtrack a few times, and there's some some weird pop hits in there that I don't feel very Bill and Ted. Uh, yeah. But I don't know where that came from, but it doesn't hurt the movie at all. It just I thought it was an interesting choice and. I thought we would see a little more like 
throwback stuff like Bill and Ted couldn't, you know, get out of the eighties. That would be sort of funny, like late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And that first song is called Lost in Time that starts off the movie. And that was the one where I thought it really like kind of set the mood. It had like that Steve Vai vibe and it and it almost sounded like the song from the Breakfast Club where they're I think they're just kinda I think it's the love scene the love scene from the Breakfast Club where it's just like just kinda mellow and they're kinda talking things through. And if you ever hear that song you'll see you'll hear a lot of similarities. Yeah. Where they're just kind of playing it in the background and kind of explaining what's going on and and it just kind of fits, but it also fits into like the the, the movie, the music style of the last movie. But the last soundtrack for Bogus Journey, it was like a lot of well-known bands that wrote songs for that film, which is kind of awesome. This is kind of like this soundtrack. It's kind of like the first movie where it's a bunch of unknowns, but it still kind of comes together nice. Yeah, I think. So yeah, one of them. I can't remember. If- might be the mastodon song um actually is called like rufus lives rufus so that lives, yeah. i think that one's actually probably written for the soundtrack or it just is a yeah happy, yeah happy coincidence but yeah the rest of them i know like weezer song it was intended for their album that was supposed to come out in may and now it's pushed back till may of next year um and it's it's like it's been a, the longest it, wait ever it's been like coming out like next year for like the last few <laughs> years it seems like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be dropping a new album, um, a different new album before this one because this one's supposed to be promoting that Hella Mega tour. But oh, this yeah. th- this version of the song is the Wild Stallions cut, so it actually the one on the album's supposed to be like way longer. They edited it yeah. so that it could play like time wise on the credits. So mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty fitting. Like the new uh, Van Weezer album is is supposed to be obviously heavily influenced by Van Halen, a lot of guitar riffs yeah. and, and uh, guitar picking, that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. it fits nicely in Bill and Ted. And when I found out they were doing a song on a soundtrack, I was super stoked and yeah. uh, talked to their bass player, Scott. And I was like, so I assume you guys didn't get to meet Alex and Keanu on like at the end of the, of the video when they're actually interacting. He's like, Oh no, that was all like done in post, you know, green screen. Yeah. He's like, we were supposed to be going to the premiere, all that stuff, and obviously none of that happened. So that's a bummer. But um, yeah, maybe you know, I imagine they'll eventually run into each other somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I just I I really really enjoyed this one. I'm just stoked to get somebody else that loved it too. And it seems like it's getting hugely positive reviews everywhere. Yeah. The only place I saw that really sort of shit on it which isn't surprising was pitchfork just because they are sort of notorious for shitting on anything nice and good yeah that makes sense yeah they are (laughs) yeah and i don't know a lot of people like my friends that have seen it which kind of bums me out like uh i just me and like my wife have seen it i can't i haven't got my kids to watch it i don't understand that because they've seen the other two movies and like them but yeah I haven't seen a lot of people that have seen it, but I know that everybody that's seen it absolutely loves it. Yeah, the so. first time we saw it, like I watched it on that Friday night when it became available and we sat, I got ready and I got all my snacks and food and, you know, sat yeah. down and it was so stoked and watched it and uh, I got had like goosebumps several times. It just gave me all the feels. I just couldn't be uh-huh. more stoked. And then the end credit scene and it rolled and everything and I just sort of, you know, I switched over to 
I don't know what else, but I checked my phone. I, ha- I had my phone off the entire time and checked my phone. It's like right after that feel good moment, I look and it's uh, Chadwick Boseman died at 43. I'm like, oh, oh I know. Oh, yeah. Horrible. I'm like, oh, <laughs> buzzkill. That sucks. But uh, yeah. 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 But I don't, I don't want to end the uh, podcast on that horrible note because that that's <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a bummer too. Like, hey, we love yeah. this movie. By the way, Black Panther's dead. The but, next uh, movie I watched after I watched this was was Black Panther. Yeah, actually, gotta watch but, Black Panther now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I guess uh, the only let's see the characters that came back. Um, I had a list here: Alex Winter as Bill, obviously Keanu Reeves, um, Hal Landon as Captain Logan. Amy Stoch is Mitch Missy was the same actress. Um, Ed Solomon played the stupid demon again. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Matthews played the ugly demon again. Um, yeah. so that, those are the characters that, that were in all three Bill and Ted movies and, yeah. uh, in newly shot material. Obviously, you know, we have, uh, Rufus back, but that's just in a, uh, archival footage from the first film, which I thought was yeah. a nice little tribute without, uh, stepping over any bounds or anything, but yeah. Yeah, I like I said, I just I just love this one. It's feel good, and I'm just stoked that I found someone else who wants to talk for an hour about it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I bet Nikki's probably sick of me like coming upstairs <laughs> and being like, "What do you think? Do you think uh, this could have been the, the case? What do you think about Kid Cudi being stationed?" And uh, we watched the we watched the first two like in the week leading up to this to be caught up and. Um, when stations introduced in bogus journey, she's like, I don't like them. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I, they, they make, they make me uncomfortable. I hate these characters. I'm like, okay. I, I, I can see that. And, and it so, makes no sense. To, oh yeah. Like, station. like, what does that mean? And you're just like, I don't know. But then you find out what it means. Like we said, it was a script there. And yeah. we're like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just hilarious. And it's still, it's still here, you know, 30 years later, we're still yeah. talking about station and, uh, so good but uh, yeah did you have any final thoughts on this movie did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we uh, say goodbye no I think we covered it all actually excellent <laughs> just like just like the uh, movie we'll rip off the band-aid and uh, yeah thanks thanks for jumping on thanks for chatting with us and uh, we'll yeah, talk that. to you thanks next for, time thanks for having me alright see ya thank you for listening to the first time podcast please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the great podcasts. Thanks to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. And last but not least, remember to leave us a review. That's how we get listeners. So like, share, find us on social media, and let us know what you think. We'll see you next time on First Time Podcast.